Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings radio broadcast airing around the world on the Fringe FM, the Fringe.fm, Talkstream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. We air five nights a week on the Fringe, Monday through Friday. I'll also be doing a special edition of the Secret Teachings for the weekend, a one-hour broadcast unrelated to the Fringe on Aftermath. So you can check that out when that gets up and running. But if you want to listen to all of the shows... Monday through Friday here on The Fringe, you can find the full show archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. I really hope that you go to the website and you subscribe to the archive. And I know that all the listeners that I get who message me tell me that they they get something useful out of this show. And uh, that is one of the major things that really fuels me to continue doing the research that I do and putting these shows together night after night, week after week, month after month, year after year. And over the years, you know, I've I've never really uh, wanted to make the show about money, but I became realistic and I realized, well, I have to sell a book or have to write a book first. I have to sell a book. I have to have a subscription, something to finance the show because I've always been working to finance it myself. And uh, you as listeners have come through uh, in in a way that, for some, it wouldn't be workable, but uh, just the little bit of income that we get from this show is enough to keep us going. I've always been honest. I've always been straightforward about how much that is. We're making around 800 bucks a month, something like that. Uh, it varies every month by, by a few dollars. Uh, when you buy a book, when you subscribe to the archive, uh, I, I'm serious. Like Buying a single book is, uh, is a big deal to me. Uh, a single book sold is a huge deal. And uh, when you buy a book, when you subscribe, when you email me, you tell me how much you enjoy this show. That is literally the, the foundation, the structure, the fuel, the everything that allows this show to remain on air. And uh, we're approaching now, uh, for myself, 11 years on radio. For The Secret Teachings, we're approaching uh, seven years on radio. So it's been a long time. It's a long, long journey. And over the years, you know, we've talked about things that for one reason or another made uh, networks upset. Sometimes, uh, you know, it could be an understandable reasoning. Other times it was kind of petty and weird. You know, a lot of you know the story about the Dark Matter Radio Network and how we were told that child trafficking and black masses and rituals in the Vatican, or we talked about a famous case on an episode years ago of the killer priest, this priest who, who, who committed murder. And uh, we were told that wasn't paranormal enough. And we were told that the black masses, you know, the idea of a black mass, you know, we weren't documenting one. We were just talking about the idea of a black mass, the, the profaning of uh, Christian imagery. We were told that wasn't 
paranormal enough. And at the time, I I was just always dumbfounded when the network would tell me that. What, what do you mean it's not paranormal enough? I would think that and I would say it. You know, my co-host at the time, my good friend Mike D, he would say the same thing. He would email the network and ask them, like, how is a black mass, you know, how is an inverting of the Christian mass not paranormal? How is Bigfoot more paranormal than that? And, uh, you know, we've we've had to, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, we've had to move around a lot on the secret teachings because uh, people get offended quite quickly, very easily, uh, by, by things that we say. And, uh, you know, you could interpret it as, you know, I, I'm certainly the common denominator there, uh, but that doesn't necessarily imply that I'm doing anything wrong. It just means that I'm saying things people don't like and people are offended by. And I might say some things tonight that you don't like and that you might be offended by. And, you know, they might be, uh, you know, the things that uh, you never heard before or things that, you know, you, you don't like hearing. But we need to discuss them. You know, well, the one thing we need to discuss is what exactly is Satanism? Here's a question for you. What is, what is Satanism? I'll tell you the reason I asked that question. I am just tired of every conspiracy, every, you know, every political discussion that has a touch of religious zealotry being reduced to a discussion of God versus the devil. I mean, if you're suggesting that everything is controlled by an anthropomorphic God and an anthropomorphic devil, I will disagree with you. If you're talking about these in conceptual terms, if it's a metaphor, then we have something I think that's reasonable to talk about. If you simply find it easier to believe in an anthropomorphic God than to believe in the concept of what it means to be good or evil and things that go along with, with what is good, ethics and morality and virtue and towing the line, uh, that gray, uh, you know, arbitrary line between what is right and wrong and, you know, what is right or wrong under certain circumstances. You know, if you're starving to death, is it wrong to steal? And, you know, that that's, that's a philosophical discussion and perhaps there's not really an answer to that question. And, you know, I, it's how you de- decide to justify it. And, you know, for people that choose to live a, a quote-unquote good life, they choose to be Christians or Muslims or whatever, you know, they see ethics and morality and things like that in, in one way. And But there are people that live in the opposite, that people might live and worship demons or the jinn or whatever, and they might see those demons and the devil to be no different than your God and your angels. So we, you know, we, we have to be careful when we throw words like Satanism around. Uh, we need to be careful when we throw words like devil around. You know, the, these are these are powerful words too. It's like we just we just use words indiscriminately without any consideration for the intention or for the power of that word or the symbols that comprise that word, their vibration or you know the the energy. Uh, culturally, uh, socially, uh, religiously, theologically, that those words might have. And, and again, sometimes we do it because it's simple. Uh, it's more difficult to have a general conversation with somebody by going into complex philosophical, theological 
thought and consideration. But you know, we need to be careful with these words because you know, it, you think about it. The, think about conspiracies nowadays. Everything seems to relate back to uh, 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 an evil elitist cult of Satanists and people that sacrifice children and drink their blood. And you know, I am I'm in the middle on this topic. There absolutely are people that kill animals and drink their blood. There are people that kill humans and drink their blood and eat their flesh. In fact, there were just a couple of people arrested in Russia for doing just that. Talk about that tonight. There certainly are people who use the imagery and the idea of uh, consuming blood and flesh, but they don't actually do it. They're called Christians, and it's called the Eucharist. It's not much different than what a you know reported Satanist might do to uh, their victim. So you have to you have to find a way to define these words in the most neutral way possible, or to define them very strictly based upon the situation for which those words are being used in terms of how you're engaging with another person. This is important because if you don't do this, what happens is everything is reduced to a very simple buzzword, a a very simple word that makes people perk up and they either agree or they disagree. Whole world's run by Satanists. Would you agree with that? Well, philosophically, perhaps, metaphorically, perhaps. Uh, I define Satanism and uh, evil as that which is void of the good. And I define the good as life, as living, breathing, growing, uh, the concept of innocence, no matter how uninnocent most of us may be. We can all agree, though, that a that a baby, I would assume we can agree that a baby, an infant, a two-week-old, is innocent. We, 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 I mean, we know that a child's brain doesn't fully develop, you know, the, the, the frontal part of the brain that's responsible for reasoning and de- deduction isn't fully developed until the person's 24, 25 years old. You know, and we could we could set an arbitrary marker there in our society like we do for strip clubs or alcohol or cigarettes and people would ask the same question why 25 why not 26 we ask why 18 or why why in some states is it 16 for consensual sex in other states it's 18 you know these are just ways in which man is attempting to maintain order some kind of order and i think those of us who are are reasonable um, and and who try to take a balanced approach can recognize that that order is probably and not like a blind allegiance to order and authority, but just generally speaking, order is preferable to total and absolute chaos. Now that you know in the in the Batman uh, movie with uh, with uh, Heath Ledger, the Christopher Nolan uh, Dark Knight movie. That was kind of the Joker's argument that when the chips are down, these civilized people will eat each other, and that you know no one's really innocent. Everybody's basically guilty, or in you know given the right circumstances, good people will do bad things, and bad people could could do, uh, could do good things. It's it's the same concept with movies like Suicide Squad, where you got all these villains and they're 
they're they're put together in this this suicide squad to carry out some secret mission for the government and sometimes the bad guys can be good guys right i actually went to see the suicide squad movie and i i, I got to be honest with you if you liked it okay i thought it was honestly one of the worst movies i have ever ever had the displeasure of watching I, I didn't even care about Harley Quinn in this movie. I, I the, the only thing that was kind of endearing to me were the rats, you know. I, the movie was horrendous, I thought. Maybe I'm missing something, though. Maybe, you know, I, I don't read enough comics, so maybe I'm missing something, to be fair. That was horrendous. But the reason I went to the movie was not to see Suicide Squad. I, I went to a drive-in. Uh, me and my, my partner, Hope, we went to the drive-in and we were watching Suicide Squad and we both thought it was hor- horrific, but she also doesn't read comics, to be fair. Uh, the reason I wanted to go was because the second movie at the, drive, uh, the drive-in was The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Uh, and this movie is based on the trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, also known as The Devil Made Me Do It case. It's the first court case in the United States. It was... Uh, held in the Connecticut Superior Court back in the uh, early 80s. First court case in the United States where the defense attempted to prove innocence based on the defendant's claim of demonic possession, that they did not commit the crime because they were influenced by some otherworldly supernatural force the verdict in the case did not take that fully into consideration it seems or at least they didn't believe it because the verdict in the case the the jury found uh, that arnie was guilty of first degree manslaughter charges and was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison serving five for good behavior and that was what the movie was based on uh, obviously, if you've seen the Conjuring series, it's based on the investigations of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And uh, in this movie, you can kind of see them. They're very worn down and, uh, you know, they're a lot older. And uh, the movie is more about the conjuring of a demon and uh, the usage of witchcraft and how one person's obsession with the occult this priest was obsessed with the occult, led his daughter to becoming obsessed with it, but obsessed with it in a way where she wanted to use it for power. And in the, in the, in the, the usage of the occult for power, she sold her soul to the devil. And if she didn't give the devil uh, the defiling of the innocent, the faithful, and the lover, the, 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 the trinity in this case in the movie, her soul would be taken. And that's kind of what the whole movie was was based around. It was based around a real trial. It was based around, uh, you know, the idea of conjuring up a demon and some ritualistic, uh, 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 satanic-like ritual. Uh, And they used, you know, totems in the movie. The totem was very important. Uh, That was placed uh, in certain locations where the witchcraft would be carried out. You know, it's it's magic. Call it voodoo, hoodoo. Call it call it whatever you want. Uh, but even though the movie I don't think was as good as it could have been, still interesting concepts that were presented in the movie. And there's something I wanted to share with you tonight. There was a TV broadcast in Australia that was interrupted by a, a hail Satan and what looked like a satanic ritual. And we're going to talk about that and other things related tonight on The Secret Teachings. 
Stay with us. It's going to be really interesting, maybe a little bit scary. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and we will be back. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that Delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that Delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. 
These are the patterns that we see and the observations that we make on The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Like, what is Satanism, like, really? I mean, to me, it's a logical format of exactly how to fundamentally get the most out of life without any kind of dogma, superstition, fear, or anything else controlling you. It's you being completely in control of your universe. Be a man. Be a According to their website, a nationally recognized religious and political group. The attraction to Satan is one of the ultimate rebel, the one that wants to work against order, the authority, so to speak, of Yahweh, of God. We support the idea of Lucifer as a metaphorical figure and his influence on man. Would say these things like the skulls, the tombstones, the coffins, any of these various objects of art are memento mores, are just symbols of death. These are, do not imply in any way that we're the least bit eager to die or have any sort of Freudian death wish. On the contrary, these are constant reminders that death is around the corner and death doesn't present a better what we have now world. Great day to be a Satanist. I believe it and I'm very excited about it. Satanist. May you say. Lucifer. May you say. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. We're not what you think we are. Satanic Temple was an idea between a handful of people directly confronting authority. This makes life fun. I'm very excited about it. The ultimate rebel. The one that wants to work against order. The authority. Thank you, Satan. Yahweh of God. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio. There's a huge difference between the Freemasons using a skull or a skeleton as a symbol to remind them that death can occur at any time and to make the most out of life, to do the best job they can do to leave behind a better world. And using the skeleton as a symbol to support your belief that hell is actually a great place, that you would want to be tortured, that you would want to burn eternally. Even though the people that believe hell might actually be more like a heaven, just like the Christians who believe that hell is a place they don't want to go, that they want to go to heaven fail to recognize that the opposite of a place of light and warmth would actually be darkness and cold, an ice palace, not a fiery pit. And I think the 
issue here is much like the issue of the difference between Lucifer and Satan and the devil. That these are different characters and different concepts. Lucifer represents, in essence, an, an extension of the devil. An extension of Shaitan, the adversary. Lucifer is a false light, something that is misleading. The devil is an inversion of living, L-I-V-E-E-V-I-L, evil. And if you remove that D, you get the word evil, devil, evil. If you add an O to God, you get good. The battle between God and the devil, between what we consider to be dark and light, is really a metaphor for every breath that we take, for every day that we wake up and every night that we go to sleep, every setting, every rising sun, every week, every month, every year, every season, every cycle. It's the breath of life. But it can be interpreted in an anthropomorphic way. It can be interpreted as a physical demon, a physical angel, a physical god, a physical devil. And there are some who are Satanists, who may see a symbol of a skull as memento mori. They may see a symbol of a skull as representing their desire to die and go to hell. And the two Satanists, in this case, in this example, who believe these two points of view, who have these two points of view, find themselves in contradiction with one another. Because not all Satanists want to go to hell. Not all Satanists believe that a skeleton is a symbol that represents death in a welcoming fashion. A lot of Satanists just use the imagery of death as a reminder, like the Freemasons do, and they're not a death cult. In the same way that some Christians use the cross as a symbol of salvation, other Christians use it as a tool to terrify people with the, the, the implication of uh, the crucifixion and the spilling of blood and the crown of thorns and uh, you know the, the nails piercing through Jesus' hands and feet. This is a very horrific, subconsciously induced imagery that's used by Christians inadvertently most of the time with the cross especially the Catholic crosses or the, the rosaries. with There's actually a, a little Jesus crucified to the cross on the, on the little uh, you know, metal piece. It shows you the crucifixion. But I can look at the cross and I can see that it is a symbol of the four corners of the world. It's a symbol of the zodiac. That Jesus represents man, metaphorically that the nails are illusion that hold us to this world, and that like Peter walking on the water, if we believe in a higher power, if we believe in a spirit and a soul, then we transcend the illusion that is Maya, the illusion that is the water, the illusion that are the nails, and we rise out of the tomb like the sun, and we proceed into heaven. So when you think about Christianity or Satanism, Satanism is interesting because Satanism is 
is in essence a religion that has taken another religion and just inverted it. But that's like institutional, clinical, technical Satanism. There are Satanists who are not Satanists. And what I mean by that is there are Satanists who don't belong to the, the temple of Set or the church of you know, Satan or the church of the devil or whatever satanic churches are going up now in a town near you. Satanists, again, depending on how you define that word, Satanists are people who can do good things or can do bad things. Most Satanists are not evil people. They're not criminals. Any more than your average Christian, Muslim, Jew, Buddhist, etc. are. However, there are people that do really evil things. There are people who harm the innocent. There are people that have no sense of ethics, no virtue, no morals. They don't care about anybody but themselves. And that's a a selfish, self-destructive, and externally destructive ideology to possess. And they only work with other people if the end goal is destruction and chaos and power. And those people might not belong to a church. They might not be, you know... uh, publicly acknowledged Satanists, but the work that they do is nonetheless evil. It would it would be really hard-pressed to find somebody who would not look at a doctor who intentionally harms his or her patients, or a nurse for that matter, as is the case of a former nurse in Texas who is accused of uh, killing 60 babies, uh, killing infants, two-year-olds, etc., she went to jail for a very long time. It's an old, old case, but recently uh, in the news in 2017, the New York, the New York Times uh, reported it, uh, an update on that case because she's been tried for so many different things. But, uh, you know, you look at a nurse like that, and who, who could say that, that person is not evil? She doesn't have to be a Satanist. In fact, when a person is going to do something evil like that, it, it's more often, if they're not totally disconnected, uh, that they're psychotic, that they're a sociopath, they'll actually act as if they are the very opposite of what they're doing. They'll wear a Christian cross. They'll tell people about how they were saved by, by Christ. But they're a really evil son of a bitch. They're a really evil piece of trash. Are they a Satanist? Is the person who wears a Baphomet shirt or has a Leviathan cross tattooed on their finger, are they a Satanist? Well, yeah, but they're a completely different breed of Satanist than the unofficial Satanist who hurts innocent people intentionally for pleasure, who self-destructs and brings the world down with them. Totally different kind of Satanist. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but this is... uh, You know, I I can't believe that... uh, This kind of thing happens so frequently, and yet our society and our culture, and I guess it depends on where you are in the world, to be fair, either wholly accepts it or wholly rejects it and will not have a reasonable, pretty much like anything else, discussion on the subject. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the ABC, 
was broadcasting their nightly news bulletin just a few days ago. Newsweek on August 20th reported this. That during the news bulletin detailing the introduction of a new law that could see criminals handed prison sentences for hurting police animals, as the segment was about to end, the feed suddenly cut to a brief clip featuring three individuals on a stage alongside an illuminated upside-down crucifix. Two of the three were standing up dressed in robes, while the other one could be seen sitting in front of what appears to be a keyboard. One of the robed men, who is dressed entirely in black, raises his hands in the video while the words, quote, Hail Satan, end quote, are audible on the brief clip. Footage of this kind was at first thought to be just a mistake. Others believe that it was part of another news segment that was accidentally aired. We don't really know what happened. And it was very short. Uh, Strange that in that moment, they just happened to say, Hell, Satan. You know, maybe one of the board ops was a Satanist. Or, I mean, the footage came from a Facebook video published by the Noosa Temple of Satan, a devil worship group based out of Queensland, Australia. So maybe uh, one of their uh, practitioners worked at ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And maybe they did that. To promote the group. Maybe it just happened to be that moment. Hell Satan. Because it was going to be part of another news clip. You know. Satanism may be on the rise again. According to uh, you know. The religious faithful. And then they play the clip. Hell Satan. You know. We got down to the bottom of it. By visiting the Noosa Temple of Satan. In Queensland Australia. And we talked to some of the satanic practitioners. Maybe it was like that. I, and nobody really knows for sure yet. Or at least. Uh, it's not been. uh not been stated officially what happened, but but here's the news clip. It's 28 seconds long, the one that was published uh, from the uh, Media Watch Twitter page, ABC Media Watch. And uh, it's going to sound weird for a moment because it's about, you know, it's another news segment. But then in the middle of it, uh, there's Hail Satan. And if you look at our promo for tonight, uh, the uh, the Satanic Manic is what I called the show. Uh, that image in the promo picture is the image from this news clip. So let's go ahead and play that. This is Queensland Parliament. The state government announced the proposed legislation today. It's in part due to the stabbing of a police dog during an arrest in Brisbane last year. Recent outages have shown how just one Texas Queensland Parliament. Now, of course, the anchor just recognizes it and sees it maybe as an accident and keeps talking. Now, it's interesting. I haven't seen anybody talk about this, but the report that ABC was broadcasting was about animal cruelty and a new law that would put people in prison for hurting police animals. Now, the reason that I, that I think that is interesting is because if you look at Satanism uh, in a cultural way, 
you'll find that uh, Satanists tend to hurt animals. They tend to sacrifice animals, or at least that's, that's how the story goes. And so I don't find it coincidental that the news segment just happened to be about the harming of animals. Then it cuts for a brief moment, totally an accident, could have been intentional, could have been, you know, you know it could have been anything. But it cuts to this brief, very, very short little clip. And someone in a robe says, Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And it cuts to it. There's a burning upside-down cross. And uh, it looks like that whole thing is being videoed. You can see a video camera off to the side as well. It's very weird, right? Very strange. Uh, nobody's really been able to explain what happened. What I found, uh, though, when I looked at it, was uh, something that seems to maybe kind of... It's, it's like uh, the group that was responsible for filming this, the, uh, the Noosa Temple of Satan. I don't know how it got into the ABC lineup. But this group said, quote, We emphasize the virtues of free thinking and rebellion against Christian authority. We revere Satan as a figure who symbolizes rebellion against tyrannical or arbitrary authority. Satan works in mysterious ways. That was the, the group that videoed this ritual or whatever it was. They said Satan works in mysterious ways. And if God works in mysterious ways, perhaps the devil works in mysterious ways as well. Because on August 20th, the very same day that this Newsweek article came out, uh, here's the headline. Landlord suspects animal sacrifice. After 22 animals are found in man's home, 22 animals, roughly seven to nine goats, four to five dead chicken carcasses, a duck and a dead pigeon nailed to the front door, had, uh, you know, authorities a little bit concerned, had the landlord a little bit concerned as well. So uh, the police come and they do a little investigation and the, uh, the individual who had these animal carcasses, uh, his name is Otero, uh, said that it's actually his religion to eat the animals. And uh, supposedly, uh, Emilio Otero, the, the individual with these animals, says he's a centuria doctor. Centuria or centurionism is an Afro-Caribbean religion. And it started in Cuba popularly with sacrifices of animals as a form of devotion. Now, he says that you can't do anything to me because you have religious freedom in this country, although it's not really a religious restriction when you're violating, you know, city uh, code for, you know, farm animals in your <laughs> on your property like this, L- large numbers of farm animals. Maybe if it was one goat, you know, or one chicken. But when you've got like 22 animals and you've got dead carcasses and dead animals nailed to your door, that's a little bit different. And uh, so uh, prosecutors might go after him for uh, violating the city code. That's really all that they they have on him otherwise. But it's also disturbing. Like if you were living next to somebody who who nailed a a dove to their door and they had like, you know, a goat cut in half in the backyard, you might be a little bit concerned unless you knew your neighbor was a butcher and, uh, you know, They had some weird affinity for, like, stuffed animals, right? Uh, 
so they stuffed a dove and they nailed it to the front door. Maybe they're also a Christian. They like the dove. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. It might not be as weird, but generally speaking, if you saw an animal get cut in half, cut in, half in the neighbor's backyard, you'd be a little bit concerned, right? Now, this man, Otero, I thought this was interesting. He, he hasn't paid rent since May, according to this story. And the landlord can't convict, uh, can't evict him because of the federal eviction moratorium. I thought it was ironic because the CDC issued the temporary protection from eviction on August 3rd with no jurisdictional power. They have no authority to do this, but nobody seems to care. The CDC is a government agency that gives recommendations, not makes laws. It does not make a law. You know, that is unless the CDC is really running the government as a, as a front organization for billionaire elitists like Bill Gates who finance the CDC also through the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and the World Economic Forum. Uh, but this uh, moratorium prevents landlords from evicting renters who are behind on rent. And I find it interesting, I find it ironic that the Centers for Disease Control should be concerned about potential animal diseases, but they can't because of their their order, quote-unquote, their their moratorium. They, they, you know, the landlord can't kick this guy out for having all these animals. That's because of the CDC that's supposed to keep us sick from disease, disease which they say is spread often through animals. That's thought that was ironic, but nevertheless, animal sacrifice. And so this clip from ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, this clip of a satanic ritual, or so it seems, with a burning upside-down cross and people in robes, this is taking place, it's a very short clip, during a news segment on Protecting police animals from abuse. I find that really interesting. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And then the news coverage continues. So what exactly could this be? A hoax? Could it be an accident? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of telling. It's kind of an omen considering how authoritarian, how disturbingly anti-human Australia has become. And I mean, now there are protesters, thousands of them in the streets, clashing with police. Nobody cares about disease. They care about authority. Follow the orders. Do what you're told. It's not about disease. It's not about sickness. You were concerned about that, you'd probably get the Vegemite, you know, off the shelf. You're concerned about that, you'd get a lot of the processed food out of the grocery store. You'd recommend to people to drink water and to not be afraid and to get sunlight and to get proper nutrition. You wouldn't recommend to people to take shots and wear a mask and not touch each other. You know, don't talk to your friends. The Australian government says, just like the Canadian government, just like the New Zealand government, don't talk to your friends, your family members. You know, you want to hug them. Don't hug them. Don't talk to them. Don't look at them. Don't get near them. I mean, this is really the essence of what Satanism is all about. Just totally disconnecting you from what we call God. And let's define God. God is reason. God is logic. God is order. God is void of chaos. God is light. God is warmth. God is protection. God is a familial structure because a structure is order. God is family. God is what is organic and what is natural, what is alive, what is living, what is thriving, what is growing, what is being constructed, what is being built, what is helpful, 
to bring more people to this state of mind. That is God. And when you have a country like Australia that has descended into absolute tyrannical chaos, it seems at minimal appropriate that during a broadcast, during a news segment on ABC in Australia, Australia Broadcasting Corporation, that there would be, as they were discussing the brutality against police animals, a very short moment in that segment where the video and audio would change. Somebody maybe played the wrong clip, or maybe it was done intentionally for whatever reason. And you hear this. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. It was just exactly perfect timing. I mean, the clip could have just been video, but it just happened to be. Hail Satan. It just happened to be that. One more time. It just happened to be. Now, maybe, just maybe, the group that filmed this clip was responsible for getting it played. Maybe they had somebody planted there to play it to bring attention to their group. Maybe it was part of another news segment. Maybe they should have said that if that was the case from the ABC. But none of that happened. So I find that strange. I also find it strange that the same day, August 20th, the Newsweek article was published about this this bizarre video uh, appearing, uh, which happened on the 19th of August on ABC. Uh, a landlord got police involved when one of their tenants in, uh, this was in New Jersey, uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, was found to have 22 animals in their three-bedroom apartment, seven or more goats, four or more chickens, depending on the full carcasses, they were dead. A duck and a dead pigeon nailed to the front door. Now the man, Emilio Otero, said that he was a member of the Centuria Afro-Caribbean religion where they practice ritually sacrificing animals and eating them. Obviously, you think of Satanism, you think of animal sacrifice, you think of human sacrifice. But you also have other religions that aren't really satanic in a traditional sense that practice ritual animal sacrifice. I mean, what's that book? Um, what's that? I can't remember the name of that. Oh, the Bible. The Bible is filled with sacrifice. Sacrifice your son. People say, that's a test. God was testing him. Sure, it's still a sacrifice. It's still the notion. Sacrifice your son. God stopped it in the end. Don't, don't worry. But uh, why did Abraham have to sacrifice his son Isaac? God wanted him to. Did God stop it in the end? Yes, but he wanted to make sure he would sacrifice the innocent. The Bible is filled with, with ritual sacrifice, animal sacrifice. I mean, even God says the blood belongs to him, and everything else can be used, but the blood is God's. The life force of the animal is God's. Hundreds, thousands of buffalo are ritually beheaded in uh, Nepal in the Godhimai festival. And uh, this happens uh, every five years at the Gandhimai Temple in Nepal's Bara district in honor of the goddess Gadhimaya. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's Gadhimaya. 
In 2009, the killing peaked with an estimated 500,000 animals. Now, would you call these people who are worshiping this goddess Satanists? Probably not, because they don't have the upside-down pentagrams when they sacrifice hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of buffalo. It's a lot of buffalo. But, you know, the thing about this is that it just always seems to happen when you see a story like this in rapid succession, and if you don't have all the details and you don't have a good understanding of the subject, what happens is it, it just is disregarded in the minds of, of, of you know, the average person who isn't spending time thinking about satanic rituals. But think about this. Just consider this. Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Here's a segment on animal abuse, particularly police animals. In the middle of that, there's a clip, a very short clip that plays. And you hear somebody saying, Hail Satan. And underneath, they still have the graphic up for a new law proposed putting people in prison for hurting police animals. Now we know Satanists tend to, at least the idea is, sacrifice animals. The same day, which was the next day, the 20th of August, after this uh, news broadcast, the same day that this was uh, in the news, there was a story about a man in New Jersey who had sacrificed a number of animals as part of the Centuria Afro-Caribbean religion. This was in New Jersey at an apartment. The same day, also August 20th, there was a story out of RT News. Russian police break up purported Satanist coven, reportedly arresting another two devil worshippers over ritual murder cold case. And this came just a couple of weeks after a pair of Russian Satanists confessed to murdering, dismembering, and cannibalizing victims as part of a sick ritual According to local media reports, two Satan worshippers were detained by Russian cops after they confessed to committing grisly murders out in the remote woodlands of the countries far north before apparently cutting up and eating the corpses. Andrei Tregubinko and Olga Bolshakova, both were living in Moscow, were called in for questioning by police on drug charges then made the gory admission that they were responsible for the deaths of two young people in the forests of Karelia. The two people, going back to 2016, were identified as Platon Stepanov and Victoria Zatsiva, both aged 27 when they vanished. And the case echoes an older case, a series of murders committed by Andre, another Andre, Chikatilo, Chikatilao, I'm not sure how to pronounce this individual's name, who was called the Butcher of Rostov, who was found to have killed and eaten more than 50 victims, mostly in the southern Russian city. Again, a few weeks after that, two more people, Tatiana and Alexander Paravoko-Sikov, Mirka, it's a very long name, uh, both of them were taken into custody due to their involvement in this satanic coven. The couple will be charged with murder, and a court will rule on whether they are able to be behind bars while prosecutors prepare the case against them. 
Gory Slains came as part of a twisted ritual investigator saying the bodies were dismembered and cannibalized. Police looking into the case reportedly uncovered human remains out in the forest of Karelia, north of St. Petersburg, days later. And if we go back to May of this year, 15 animal carcasses were found in El Paso, according to law enforcement. It was linked to satanic worship. Here's the question. Is this satanic? Is this proof of some satanic organization or satanic conspiracy? Uh, some organized satanic conspiracy in our in our world, in our society, in government, in media, whatever. Is it just uh, you know hysteria? Is it a, is it a modern day satanic panic, or did the satanic panic from the nineteen seventies ever go away? Did it ever end? Did it proceed into the late 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s into 2021? You know, these are questions that I ask myself, and before I can answer those questions, you know, to myself or talk about it with you, I have to know what I'm talking about first. I have to understand what Satanism is. I need to define what it means to be a devil worshiper. I need to put the pieces together on the same dates a man in New Jersey dismembering animals. A clip reported on by Newsweek and other outlets, mainline media and alternative sources. A clip of Hell Satan appearing in a broadcast on America, uh, on Australian, excuse me, Australian Broadcasting uh, Corporation on a segment about animal brutality. And uh, on the same day, Two more people were arrested in Russia for ritual murder of a satanic nature. All of that coming together, it does not seem too coincidental. There's got to be something more to this Satanist thing than just believing that everything satanic is good or everything satanic is bad. What exactly is it? We're going to find out. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. 
Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020, and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing, just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe, on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin, who had been turned into a god, was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a Twin Summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality. Edit out those awkward pauses and slips. Mix multiple clips and tracks. Back volumes. Deliver consistent sound. Live podcast production. Show notes and SEO optimization. Episode upload to hosting. Live call screening. Balance levels allowed to measure broadcast standards. Full branding packages. Logo design. Podcast site. Website. Go artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Tell me the fairy tale again. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Careful with that, dear. I'd hate for you to start something you can't stop. Oh God, my Lord, I know we can't help me and don't leave my sin. Oh, I repent and now shall be. From evil I will turn to 
sure destroying my faith. But I repent and have sure faith. But my Lord and love again, I'll help me and I'll leave my sins. But I repent and have sure faith. For the evil I return to thee. This is your power. To see what is hidden and to take The demon's name gives us power over it. Almighty oh, Dark Lord. Almighty oh, Dark Lord. By whom all things are set afire. Whom all is set afire. Thy power be thy path. Power be thy path. will be thy desire. Trinity and pray devoutly to you, great Payman. Give us your knowledge of all secret things. Bring us honor, wealth, and good familiars. Bind all men to our will as we have bound ourselves for now and ever to yours. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world Monday through Friday. If you'd like to contact the show, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Subscribe to our archive. Grab one of my books at www.thesecretteachings.info. The trial of Arne Cheyenne Johnson, also known as the Devil Made Me Do It case, is the first known court case in U.S. history held in the Connecticut Superior Court back in the early 80s in which the defense sought to prove the innocent of the accused by claiming that they were possessed or influenced by a demon. 
court did not accept this defense. And on November 24th of 1981 in Brookfield, Connecticut, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson was convicted of first-degree murder manslaughter for the killing of his landlord, Alan Bono. This is also the basis for the newest Conjuring movie, Conjuring 3, called The Devil Made Me Do It. The movie's a little bit different than some of the other Conjurings and the spinoff The Nun. It's about a witch who conjures up a devil, essentially, a demon. A witch who promises the demon her soul in exchange for power. In order to maintain that power, she has to defile innocence. She has to defile love. And she has to defile faith. Each one of these virtues, each one of these ideas, is represented by a person. The possession of a young child. A possession or an influence. The possession of a young child. The defiling of the mind of the faithful. Corrupting the faithful. And the inverting, the turning of a good person into a bad person. Uh, turning uh, a young lover into a murderer. Uh, in the story, it was uh, this Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who was the lover. It was Ed Warren of uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed Warren, who was the faithful and the young uh, child, 11-year-old David Glatzel, who uh, supposedly was possessed by a demon. That's what the movie was all about. I thought it was an okay movie. I thought that uh, the first Conjuring and the second Conjuring were a little bit better. I thought they were scarier. There's a little bit too much, like, head bending and twisting and, you know, a little bit too much CG in this movie. But it was still a, still a pretty scary movie. Um, and I can't recall exactly the name of the guy. He was the scientist in the TV show Fringe. Uh, look his name up. Guy who played Walter. Uh, he, uh, he was a priest in the in the movie and he was obsessed with the occult and he's john john noble yes john noble um he played a really good kind of creepy priest he was obsessed with the uh, with with the occult and with a cult called the um something like the brotherhood of the ram or something like that and uh he helped to expose them when he was a priest. He studied the, the, the things that they did and the rituals that they performed. But his daughter, uh, who was born, uh, he had to keep it a secret from the church. And uh, there's a lot of, lot of important implications and, and a lot of symbolism in the movie. And uh, you find out his daughter's basically this, it's not really a spoiler, but his daughter's you know a witch. And the whole idea is that she took his obsession and she used it to her own benefit in trying to use what her father had accumulated as evidence against this cult in order to basically, you know, open a portal, open, you know, some channel uh, to the demonic and obtain, you know, material powers for that. So it's a little bit different of a conjuring. And I, I liked it. I mean, I like movies like that. Um, as long as it's not like very gory, like the, we went to the drive-in, and I haven't been to the drive-in since. Oh God, it was it's been so long. I think I saw I saw the Dark Knight uh, with Heath Ledger, 
and I saw what was the movie that came on after that was like Godzilla or something they showed. That was when I was a kid. So I haven't been in the movie since I was a kid at a drive-in movie theater. So uh, Hope and I went to the drive-in, and the first movie we saw was uh, Suicide Squad. I was, I, I thought it was absolutely horrific. That's my opinion. Um, and there's just so much gore in that movie. I, I didn't think it was really a film. I thought it was just some, it looked like a video game. You know, at least The Conjuring was done more like a film. There's a lot of CG in it, but it was still done more like a film. It was based partly on a true story. I like that better, and I like the uh, the concept and the ideas in the movie, so I, I enjoyed that. But I know a lot of people watch stuff like that because they they, they like it. Like, they, they want, you know, to worship the demons or the devils, or they want to be controversial, and they want to be off-putting, so they wear Baphomet shirts or... They have Leviathan cross rings or they've got pentagrams tattooed on their wrists or something. And, you know, like Hope and I went to the bookstore the other day and I found this really awesome tarot deck of Colin DePlancy's uh, demons. Each demon was a card. And uh, we got home and Hope was like, why do you like demons so much? And she knows how I feel, but she just asked me, she's like, why do you like demons so much? I said, I don't. It's not that I like demons, it's just demons represent the subconscious. Demons represent elements of ourself that if we're able to conquer them and slay the beast, slay the dragon, we can rise out of the infernal and into the, the heavenly. And, uh, you know, I gave her the example of Asmodeus, the demon of lust. And uh, I, I actually, I used to own a duck and I named my duck Asmodeus and people always thought that was a weird name and then I told them well in myth uh, and in folklore the demon Asmodeus appeared to the Pope to tempt the Pope and he appeared to the Pope initially as a duck so I thought that's interesting I'll name my duck Asmodeus but I understood the reasoning why I did it I didn't name my duck Asmodeus because I was a demon worshiper I didn't buy these Colin Diplancy cards because I'm a I'm a devil worshiper. You know, I didn't put a whole section on demonology in my book Occult Arcana or rigorously define the symbols and attempt to provide uh, context and perspective on symbols in my in my 500-page book that is Occult Arcana that talks about everything from voodoo and witchcraft and demonology to theology and philosophy. I didn't do that because I'm a devil worshiper. I did that to provide perspective and context to show that, you know, the demon represents a part of ourself. And those of us able to conquer, you know, lust, for example, in Asmodeus, we are able to overcome lust. We are not possessed by lust or we are not possessed by Asmodeus. Those who are consumed by lust, perhaps those who, let's say, have a porn addiction or have a sex addiction, they could be said to be possessed by the demon Asmodeus. It's really that simple. So I like demons because of the psychology, because of the, the, the occult, because of the symbology, the theology, what they represent. But demons are not always these evil beings, these evil creatures, these evil things. In the same way that angels are not always these good things, these good creatures. But, you know, there is a, there is a defining line between what is good and evil because if you have something that is considered good and it, it, it wants to direct you in a way that you don't want to go, but the direction it's directing you is for your own good, you might perceive it as evil and resist it. And that way, evil becomes more acceptable 
because evil is easier. It's easier to be a sloth. It's easier to be a glutton. It's easier to covet, to lust, to be jealous, to lie, than it is to do the opposite of those things. It's easier to to become, in your daily life, the seven deadly sins. It's harder to resist them. It's harder to, to be a good person. Now, I say that, but that's not entirely true. It's not exactly more difficult to be a good person, by whatever definition. It's not harder because what happens is you find out, if you really think about it, and once you start to experience the, the, these ideas and these concepts, you, you realize that pride and greed and lust and envy, gluttony, wrath and sloth, and all the other sins, they don't make you a better person. They, 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 they weigh on you. They weigh on the, the subconscious and the unconscious. They, they pressure you. And, and you're always pressured to, to do something more, to do something worse. You always feel that emptiness because these evil deeds and these conceptual sins are not fulfilling. I mean, you think about it just like, I'll give you an example. I wake up in the morning. I, uh, when I make, you know, a cup of tea or, you know, here tonight I, I, I have some uh, cacao powder. I just put it in some hot water and made a little hot chocolate. When I, you know, get up in the morning, I go make my tea and maybe I read a little bit, take a walk. Like, I feel like my whole day is already accomplished and then I can do whatever I want through the rest of the day. When I get up and I don't do anything and I just know that I need to do something, and I don't do it, I feel like this pressure, I feel this weight. It's just no matter what I do, I, 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 I missed opportunity. Now, maybe that's because I'm a perfectionist, but I, I'm trying to accomplish things on a day-to-day basis. And, and sometimes accomplishing something means that I have to let things go and just relax. I get that. But it's the same idea. Like It's easy to be evil. It's easy to do really bad things. It's easy to hurt people. It's easy to lie. It's easy to be greedy. It's hard not to be. At least initially, you think that, and then you realize, well, I don't really need the types of things that make other people greedy. I don't really need the kinds of things. I can control myself. I don't need to be lustful or envious of anything. And you know, I can. Con- that's what it's all about. It's control. You don't. If you can control yourself, you can slay the beast. You've got the power, really. I mean, it's. I have the power. You do have the power. Um, just like, for example, I was watching uh, uh, Hope and I sit down, we watched The Hobbit. Uh, and, you know, there's the, the dragon in The Hobbit and, and with, the, with the gold. And I asked Hope, I said, you know why the dragon likes gold? And she's, she was kind of like half asleep. She was falling asleep toward the end of the movie. And I said, um, you know, do you know why the dragon likes gold? And she said, no, why? And I said, well, the dragon represents the beast, uh, the animal part of the self. And the gold is, you know, it's like alchemical gold. It's like Harry Potter, actually. It's you have the philosopher's stone with you the whole time. You already have the spiritual gold. You're in possession of all this spiritual wealth. It's a metaphor. You slay the dragon, you have access to it. You slay the beast, you have access to untold amount of wealth, untold amounts of wealth, wealth that you can't buy, that nothing materially speaking 
can uh, replace, can even come close to comparing. And that's what demons are. That, that's, what, that's what the sins are. That's what evil is. But you go beyond that. Let's go beyond that. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation, during a nightly news bulletin detailing a new law that would put people in prison for abusing or hurting police animals, you know, very very similar uh, but very you know restricted just to police animals. It's similar to you know what a lot of people don't talk about with Donald Trump is Donald Trump signed a federal animal cruelty bill into law. Very few people talk about that or acknowledge that. You know, uh, I thought that that was one of the positive things that President Donald Trump did. However, to be fair, there ain't no discussion about the meat industry and animal agriculture. That's a side point, though. It's interesting that during this ABC news clip, this news segment about police animals, there was a, 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 a disturbance. This was the disturbance. Hail Satan. The news broadcast cuts to a very short clip of a darkened room with an upside-down burning cross, candles on a red altar, and people in robes. Sounds like something you'd see in an Eyes Wide Shut-like movie, or in the movie Eyes Wide Shut. And you know, Stanley Kubrick made that movie as an expression of, of what goes on in Hollywood. And it's supposedly meant to be more than just a metaphor, more than just a symbol. Um, it's meant to be real. Like, that actually happens. And, you know, anybody who suggests, like, oh, why would the elite get together and do stuff like that? You clearly haven't heard anything about Jeffrey Epstein. You clearly haven't heard anything about Allison Mack or John of God or the Finders back in the 80s. And that's the thing that bothers me. When you talk about Satanism, it's one thing to you know argue and to try to try to debate and define what it means and really dismiss things because of religion or accept things because of religion and just everything is Satanism, Satanism, demonic, evil. Okay, but let's have a real discussion about it. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to just outright dismiss. There's no such thing as Satanism. There's no such thing as demonic, you know, satanic ritual sacrifices. No, there certainly are. And there are many things that are considered to be like animal cruelty or, you know, you know, child abuse that, you know, in essence are just by their nature evil. Uh, they're by their nature. They're satanic. I mean, just because someone, you know, those stories, you know, once in a while you hear a story about a kid who was like chained to a toilet for, for five months and the parents just kept them in there and starved them to death and threw them a piece of bread every couple of days. You know, once in a while you hear something like that. Those people that do that are evil. Who would dispute that they're not evil? Who would dispute that they're not satanic, that they're not devil worshipers in essence? They're worshiping the devil. They're worshiping the lived, the inversion of lived, D-E-V-I-L, E-V-I-L, evil, L-I-V-E. They're abusing a child, the innocent. They're neglecting an innocent person, an innocent soul, an innocent spirit. That is satanic, folks. That is demonic. That is evil. They are devil worshipers. Anybody who does that. You want to go further into having this philosophical discussion? Let's think about this for a moment. When you have children that are subject to wearing a face mask, 
watching their parents wear a face mask and being raised in a world in the last year to year and a half where this is considered normal. Physical contact is considered abhorrent and children are used in medical experiments with vaccinations, whether they're approved by the FDA or not, in an experiment that violates the Nuremberg Code, among other things. And those children are subjected to that. You can call public health all you want, but the abuse that all of that, let alone lockdowns and preventing kids from going to school and being educated and being around their friends, the psychological damage that does, do you know what that does to the innocent? To the fragile mind of a child? That itself is evil. That itself is the essence, the very definition of Satanism. That is the demonic. That is the evil in the world. That is all the conspiracies of devil-worshipping cults and, and, and the like. That's what all of that is. It's all evil. It's, it's demonic. And, and, you know, there's a TV show called Evil, and there's a lot of episodes that are kind of like, a lot of the new ones are like social justice, and I, I can't stand that crap. But there are some of the episodes that are really, really good, and there's a couple of really good lines that, you know, it's a very, like, simple show to watch. And there's one line in this show that, uh, that I really liked, and here's a clip of it. This just kind of explains my point. There are people in this world who are connectors. They influence people. They have day jobs, uh, teachers, stockbrokers, uh, expert witnesses. They pretend to be normal, but their real pursuit is evil, encouraging others to do evil. You, you don't have to believe in the supernatural to know that there are people out there who do bad things and encourage others to do bad things for the sheer pleasure of it. Psychopaths? Yes. This is where our beliefs overlap, because that man is a psychopath who feels less alone when he gets others to do what he does. To do evil. There are absolutely evil people in the world. And just because you have a hard time classifying it based on some religious belief, a dogma, maybe it's an anti-religious belief, doesn't mean that there aren't evil people. We don't need to talk about what's satanic and what's Christian and what's Judaic and what's Islamic and demons and jinn and... We need to talk about the act. That's what's important. It's like when people talk to me about hate crime. I don't really believe in hate crime. And I don't really believe in taking a stance on abortion. What I believe in is circumstantial, individual cases. Then we can talk about abortion. I can't give you a general statement of I do or I don't. You know... I, I can't just tell you, oh, sure, I believe in hate crime. What is a hate crime? Define a hate crime for me. If somebody is motivated and sees another person and says, they're, you know, they're Native American, I hate them, I'm going to stab them. Sure, it's motivated and can be classified as a hate crime, but it's still a crime. You stab somebody, you rob somebody, you rape somebody, you tortured somebody, you burglarized their home, whatever. It's still a crime. So generally speaking, I don't really believe in hate crime. I just believe in crime. It can be motivated by whatever. It's still a crime. Same thing with Satanism, devil worship, whatever you want to call it. I don't really believe in, you know, the religious over and undertones per se. That's important. What I believe in is when people do evil things, they're evil. You can call it satanic, call it demonic, 
to make it easier, more palatable, easier to digest, but it's still evil. That's what it is. And the question that we're going to address in the final segment, is this just part of a new satanic panic? Uh, All the stuff that we see from the broadcast in Australia to uh, the day uh, day after that when the broadcast made uh, news in the United States, uh, the same day a landlord was found to have sacrificed animals in his apartment in New Jersey and two people, as part of a longer ongoing investigation, two other people on the same day were arrested in Russia as part of an actual satanic coven who had murdered people and dismembered the body, drank the blood, and ate the flesh, reportedly. And uh, back in May, uh, decapitated, gutted animals were found in El Paso linked to what authorities said was satanic worship. And this is what police are saying. And some people say, well, police go too far thinking that. And, you know, a lot of this is just leading people to believe it's satanic. But you're still doing evil. You can call it whatever you want. It's still evil. That's the point. It's evil, evil, evil. Is it a satanic panic, the satanic manic, whatever you want to call it? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're going to find out after this break. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients 
ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions, and uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion, so thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to the Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Of course, all this, the science knows nothing about the force of fear, that it's strong enough to shatter the spinal column we know. But what it is, what causes it to appear and disappear, we don't know. Guys, you're going to see this. Don't. Phil. Alter its environment and the way that it looked and how much like its father Loki, you only ever saw what it wanted you to see. Wendigos are generally set to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. Who come from you? The fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. You can't relieve those tensions. Why can't they become strong enough to kill you? It's a truly powerful connection between what we do to nature, what we do to each other. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. His name is Mr. Papaduk. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Papa, Papaduk, Duk, Duk. 
That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. Found a part of a man in the woods today. Oh, this has got to be an animal, right? No animal I was thinking. It's a diabolical spirit. This is a myth well, for you, yeah. His peers then mocked him for his ugliness, making his heart become evil and full of rage. Like an oni, he kidnapped men and women to drink their blood and eat their organs. Papa, duk, duk, duk. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? Does it live under the bed? Mom? Duk, duk, duk. Anytime you are conscious of a tingling sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got, because the person you see right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, a scream at the right time may save your life. I'm Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. A lot of people have been talking about the Wendigo or the Watiko, kind of like a mind virus of many Native American tribes. Talking about how this creature manifests in the mind, spreads like a virus, and feeds off of fear. One might call this mind virus evil. It inverts life. It inverts the good. I don't think it would be difficult to find at least a couple people you know who would tell you that regardless of their political or religious or spiritual or their lack thereof persuasion, taking a little child and harming them in some way is evil. Raping, torturing, abusing, neglecting a child, an innocent child, is evil. I mean, my God, I feel horrible when my little two-year-old son Fox cries, even though I know sometimes he needs to cry. He needs to learn that some things are not acceptable, like throwing a glass bottle across the kitchen floor like he did last week. Unacceptable. He doesn't understand the concept, but it's unacceptable. He did learn really quick when he grabbed one of the cactuses on the windowsill that you don't grab a cactus. He never grabbed the cactus again after that. He learned. You know, I feel bad, though. Like, I don't want to see my son hurting. Like, how can people hurt a child like that? Well, they're, they're evil. That's the bottom line. And, and you don't have to be a Christian to acknowledge that. They're evil. You could argue the arbitrary element of this and the, you know, you could say relatively, well, you know, maybe the child's evil. Maybe they're like Damien and maybe they need to be, you know, maybe they got to kill the child to prevent them from becoming the Antichrist. But, you know, that's a movie. 
And the Antichrist is a concept. It's a, it's a representation of the antithesis of the Savior, a false prophet, a false Savior, a false leader. That's a whole different philosophical, theological discussion that we could have. The bottom line is those who do evil are evil. And you don't have to be religious in any sense of the word to understand that, to grasp that concept, and to accept that concept. There are evil people that do evil things, period. If you would like to discuss what is evil, we can have that discussion. To me, evil is an inversion of anything that is living, anything that is good. What is good? Define good. Okay, good is defined as what is generally desirable. But what is good in a religious terminology is God by removing an O, you get God. God is structure, God is order. Anything that is chaotic, anything that is unstructured is chaos. It is destruction, it is death. Now, good and evil work together. If you didn't have good, you can't have evil. You don't have evil, you can't have good. Good and evil work together, but when the scale is tipped in favor of one or the other, you get disorder. And that means disorder tends to, no matter if you have a lot of good or a lot of evil, disorder tends to seem as if it's more powerful. The difference is, and I think this is where a lot of confusion comes from, you could say, well, then if that's the case, it's just easier to do evil things, and there's no benefit to doing good. Everybody else is doing evil. Everybody else is, is you know doing what benefits them. I'm just going to do that. It's hard to be good. Here's the beauty. To do evil, you don't have to do anything except mindlessly and blindly follow the animal instinct. In order to do good, you have to slay that dragon, slay that beast, allow love, beauty, music, harmony, whatever, as in the story of Beauty and the Beast, to come into your heart. You've heard that before. Allow Jesus into your heart, the concept of Christ. Once you're able to do that, Muslim, Christian, Jew, Buddhist, doesn't really matter. And Buddhists do the same thing. I mean, any religion is really going to be based on the same concept. They just have different ways of looking at it. They have their angels. They have their demons. They have the good. They have the evil. They have the God. They have the devil. They have their savior. They have their prophets. They have their false prophets. They have all that. Some religions are much different, but it's still based on the same concepts. When you do good and you work to that end and you conquer those demons, you've also worked with the evil, overcome the evil. And now that you're good, let's say, in this very simplified example, what happens is as the balance tips in that direction, you find that it's not beneficial to do evil. It's not beneficial to cause harm. It's not beneficial to revel in chaos and destruction and suffering. It's beneficial to do good and to help people. Evil people recognize that about good people and they attempt to exploit it. Food industry does it. Doctors do it. Scientists do it. Politicians do it. It's human nature. That's where all this is coming from. It's human nature. It's the animal instinct. It's the slaying of the dragon and the attaining of the gold that the dragon is resting upon. It's Sigfroid slaying the dragon. It's Beauty and the Beast. It's Harry Potter who has the Philosopher's Stone the whole time. 
That's what these stories, that's what these myths are all about. Taking a very simple concept, making it more complex, but once you understand it, it's very simple again. People who do evil are evil, but when we see things like the Australian Broadcast Corporation airing a segment on animal cruelty, particularly of police animals, and a new law being proposed to put people in prison for doing harm to police animals. Uh, during the news segment, this happened. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Now, maybe that news clip was just set up for another segment. That's how it happened to just be Hail Satan. Local Satanists perform ritual in, you know, a local temple. And then they just play the clip, and then they go back, and we asked members of the community what they thought of the satanic, you know, temple or the Noosa Temple of Satan, a devil-worshipping group based in Queensland, Australia. Here's what they had to say. It's not like that. Maybe it was. The news outlet ABC should have said that. That's what it was, but they didn't. Maybe it was somebody who worked for the news agency who was fired, and the news agency didn't really want to say it, but they played that because they were a member of the the Noosa Temple of Satan. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But that happens, and it's, it's interesting because that happened on August 19th, a day after this made the press. This hit the, 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 the media on August 20th. This was reported by Newsweek and other outlets, mainstream and alternative, especially Christian websites and whatnot. Newsweek published the headline, Devil Worshippers Clip Interrupts TV News Broadcast. Hail Satan! The same day, Newsweek reported this. Landlord suspects animal sacrifice after 22 animals are found in man's home. Goats, chickens, ducks, and a pigeon nailed to the front door. The man, Emilio Otero, says he's not a Satanist, he's actually a practitioner of Santeria, an Afro-Caribbean religion popular in Cuba and other places where animals are sacrificed as a form of devotion. Same day. A law in Australia being proposed for hurting police animals. Hail Satan. Same day that that report comes out in Western media and around the world. Same report, in fact, in this case, in Newsweek, the same publication, we have animal sacrifice based on what some people called Satanism. In in this case, the guy claims he was not a Satanist. He was a member of Santeria, but then people would say, well, Santeria is Satan, you know, kind of an anagram of Satan with a few other letters. So you have that. Also, the exact same day, on August 20th, RT News broke this story. Russian police break up reported Satanist coven, reportedly arresting another two devil worshippers over ritual murder cold case. Tatiana and Alexander Paravazkikov, Kremurik, I believe is how you pronounce the names, were arrested as a couple, charged with murder, and a court will rule on whether they had, uh, you know, what you know, role they had in in the killing of uh, two 27-year-old people going back to 2016, uh, and they were part of a, of a coven, uh, according to the media. Two weeks ago, on August 5th, a pair of Russian Satanists, part of the same coven, confessed to murdering, dismembering, and cannibalizing victims as part of a sick ritual, according to local media. Andrei Tregubinko and Olga Bolshakova were first arrested after being questioned by police on drug charges. Their arrests led to the arrests of Tatiana and Alexander uh, 
Paravozkikov. Very, very difficult last name to pronounce. So four different people as part of the same satanic group arrested and will be charged with murder after dismembering and cannibalizing two of their, at the time, friends, Platon Stebanov and Victoria Zatsiva, 27 years old at the time when they vanished. The story relates back to Andrei Chekatilo, the butcher of Rostov, having killed and eaten more than 50 victims, mostly in the southern Russian city of Rostov. And that goes back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now, the 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s, uh, particularly the late 60s, 70s, and 80s, were a time period known as the Satanic Panic here in the West and largely here in the United States. And, uh, you know, during this time period, there were uh, all kinds of things that were happening that were leading people to believe that the world was run by a cult of Satanists. A lot of people will say, um, you know, because they don't believe in Satanism, that law enforcement is just overzealous and they want to prove something that doesn't exist. Others will say you can't rely on the statements of children when they claim things like this and therapists are just coercing and suggesting that their patients or the, the people that they're seeing on behalf of whomever, that they're just making these stories up to cope with some other horrible event. And of course, you know, the recently in the news, uh, you know, there was the song Montero, Call Me By Your Name, that was published by Lil Nas X, which was very satanic in its imagery, very demonic in its imagery. And then Nike released the, the Satan shoes, although they had released like heaven or angel shoes before. You know, a lot of this stuff goes back to the satanic panic. And, uh, you know, whether it's the Manson cult or it's Anton LaVey publishing the satanic Bible or establishing the Church of Satan in 1966 or it's, uh, you know, the exorcist in the 70s or it's uh, the self-proclaimed Christian evangelist Mike Warnk and the Satan Seller, uh, the book recounting a supposed childhood and young adulthood of satanic worship. Uh, in the 70s also, Anton LaVey's Satanic Rituals was published. Uh, the 70s saw the rise of other self-proclaimed former Satanists who insisted that, that the world was being run by ritualistic satanic uh, witch cults like John Todd and Herschel Smith and David Hansen. Then you had the Zodiac Killer, the Alphabet Killer. You know, you've got the stories of Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, the Hillside Stranglers, and uh, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, sparked mass panic in the summer of 77 in New York City. All this was happening during the 60s and the 70s into the 80s. And in the early 80s, uh, 1981, uh, the trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, known as The Devil Made Me Do It, the basis for the concept of the of the last Conjuring movie that uh, that just came out. Uh, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson was was certainly convicted of first degree manslaughter for the killing of his landlord Alan Bono. But in the in the case, this was the first time that the defense in a court had claimed demonic possession, and that there was no personal responsibility for the crime because of the demonic influence. The jury and judge didn't buy that. It was the first time it was asserted in a court 
on record. It happened in the Connecticut Superior Court. The decision, though, in that trial was to convict Arnie Johnson, who was found guilty of first-degree manslaughter. And this was the basis for uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, named after the case. And uh, the trial was in the early 80s. This was during the Satanic Panic. And some people say that the Satanic Panic never ended. The Satanic Panic is ongoing today because of things like uh, Lil Nas X and the blood-infused Nike shoes and all this, this fear of uh, demonic and satanic imagery. And, uh, you know, I've even been accused of that, not in a, like an aggressive way, but people have said, like, don't you think you're feeding into like a modern satanic panic? You talk a lot about the music industry and the symbols and the, the, the imagery. And, you know, during the satanic panic, as we know it, you know, as a historical, you know, time period, you know, they used to say you 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 play the records backwards, and you know things like rock and roll, and you know other forms of music were were these hubs of satanic influence, and you play the record backwards, and you can hear things, and it's all evil. The thing is, you don't actually have to do that anymore to find uh, actual contributions to a, a culture of satanism and, and and diabolism and evil. Now you just like listen to a Billie Eilish song, or you watch you know, one of her videos, or the Lil Nas song. I mean, it's one thing to have, like, Black Sabbath. It's another thing to have Jasmine Bean and that poppy. It's another thing to glorify disability and death. It's another thing to to essentially have a culture that is is founded, that is is, uh, revolving around death and, and, and destruction and gore and chaos. You know, it's, it's astounding how anti-gun and how pro, you know, pro, uh, uh, you know, liberal progressive Hollywood is. And yet every single Hollywood movie that comes out is like just from start to finish, it's people getting their heads cut off and guns and, and swords slicing people's innards out. And if there's a way to do that where it's artistic, where it's artful, like it's a war scene, like Saving Private Ryan or The Lord of the Rings. But I watched Suicide Squad. It was one of the most disgusting, gory introductions to a movie I'd ever seen. I actually, was as I was watching it, I thought, can this just be over? This is horrible. This movie is just horrific. It's horrendous. Like, I mean, I pay, we paid $20 to go to the drive-in, and we saw The Conjuring. The devil made me do it after Suicide Squad. But even then, for 20 bucks, like, I want my money back for Suicide Squad. It was horrific. It wasn't even a movie as far as I'm concerned. It was just a, a waste of two hours of my life. It was just, maybe I just don't understand it from, I don't read the comic books, but you don't have to play a record backwards nowadays. You don't need to have, like, a, a definition of Satanism. Just people do evil things. They're evil. It, if someone helps some old woman cross the road, it doesn't make them a Christian. It doesn't make them a good person. It, it, it's a kind act. It's a kind gesture. We just tend to classify kind gestures and kindness and and love and and friendship as good as as of God, and lying and deceiving and stealing and hurting people as evil. This is how we classify behavior and action in society. And, you know, if conservatism, generally speaking, and that includes even liberal conservatism, you know, general conservative values that, that humans have had, families, uh, communities, um, 
you know, friendship and just having a, a strong community and, 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 and building something, if that is considered more Christian, it's funny when you look at the opposite of that, you know, anarchism and, and, and atheism, which along with communism and, uh, uh, you know, segments of, of democratic socialism, they tend to lean more into not only atheism, but more into Satanism. They tend to want like chaos and destruction and death and gore and violence. That's what liberal Hollywood is steeped in that. You know, you tend to find many more liberals that are, you know, found guilty of, you know, weapons charges, drug charges, child endangerment, uh, uh, campaign election fraud. I mean, all things the liberal mayor of Rochester was was either indicted on or charged with. Um, she might have been charged with some of those things already. You know, the, the, these are things like, yes, we can classify things based on politics or religion sometimes, but generally speaking, people that do evil are evil. People that do good, you know, can say they're of God, but it's not religious. And, and I think the bottom line here is, in the 21st century, it's not so much that, you know, people are collectively suffering from some delusional psychosis and seeing satanic symbols and imagery everywhere. Some people do that. But when we have a real conversation about it, we can acknowledge that not every Satanist is evil and not every, you know, Christian, not every, you know, Jew or Muslim is a really good person. Religion oftentimes has absolutely nothing to do with the person's actions. Actions mean something. Intention means something. Everything else is just a classification to make it easier to understand what's going on around us. Intention matters. Actions matter. Otherwise, you know, we're slipping so rapidly into this this postmodern world where emotions mean more than facts. That's so dangerous. And I just think of I think of this news clip in Australia on the ABC and I think of I think of Mariah Carey's sister, Allison Carey, you know, who said that she was taken to these ceremonies and rituals between 2 and 4 a.m., the witching hour. She didn't call it that, but that's what it is. Um, and they took place during certain times of the year, certain dates, and everyone wore these long robes, uh, long black robes. And, and, like, that is the epitome. That is the essence of what people see as Satanism, people see as evil, people see as demonic. You know, but real Satanists aren't usually walking around, if you want to talk about real evil, real evil isn't walking around in a Baphomet shirt. Real evil is wearing a pink sweater. Real evil is wearing a suit and a tie. Real evil is trying to convince you to do something against your will. Real evil is threatening you with death and with and with quarantine and lockdown. Real evil is trying to cover your face and experimenting on you and forcing you into uncomfortable situations uh, you know, in your home, telling you not to talk to family, not to talk to friends like they do in Canada and Australia and New Zealand. That's real evil, threatening you every single day. You could die, you could die, you could die. That is evil. Fear, the Watiko, the Wendigo, all of that is evil. All of that is demonic. The real satanic panic is the ideology of the extremist people who use their power to attempt to control you, manipulate you, and persuade you, and to coerce you into things you otherwise wouldn't do. They have to do it under a state of duress because most people are conscious and aware and won't submit to it. 
And if that means that you're a man or woman of God, so be it. If that means that I'm a man of God, then so be it. Call me whatever. I just try to look at thing in a ba- things in a balanced way. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to the show. Grab a book. www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Jeff M. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.